Hey there, thanks for tuning in. My name's Kara and you're listening to Demystifying Careers, a podcast where we talk to real people about who they are, what they do, and how they got to where they are today. For this week's episode, we have Julian Sanduli, a production assistant for a visual effects company in Hollywood. Julian has worked on many different film and television sets, helping bring visual effects to the screen while also learning about the entertainment industry as a whole. During our conversation, Julian shares with us great advice, information, and anecdotes, including how he once learned to make fake snow for a movie's avalanche scene. It was so great talking to Julian and learning more about his experience starting a career in entertainment. So with that, on to the podcast. Enjoy! Hi, Julian. Good to have you on here. Good to be here. So I know that I have a little pre-recorded section I'm going to make later that explains who you are and what we talk about today, but I also want to hear in your own words who you are, what you do. Yeah, my name is Julian Sanduli. I graduated from Duke University May of 2019. Shortly after that, a couple months later, I moved out to Los Angeles and basically job hunted for a really, really uncomfortable length of time until I landed a job in late February at a studio that specializes in visual effects. Since then, unfortunately, about three to four weeks out after my employment, we had to shut down because the entire industry had shut down. And so you're part of the entertainment industry, correct? So that's sort of what the visual effects is in. Yeah, it's funny. It's not exactly what I pictured it. I have always been more interested in the creative element, like writing, directing, any of that stuff, even editing before visual effects. So it was an interesting, I almost want to call it a detour uh, into this new world because these people, especially at the studio I work for, are no joke. And a lot of things they do are extremely practical and it's just so cool to be exposed to sort of a new corner there's a saying with an editor like an editor does his best work when no one notices it and it's sort of the same thing because so many things that we think are in camera when something's shot have actually these days been digitally added or have been enhanced in some way and have just gone through meticulous rounds of focus shifting, colorizing, and adding contrast. It takes so long. And it's really, really cool to start out where I didn't think I would be. But just if all that's gained is a, a really solid appreciation for the amount of work that goes into things that, you know, we can maybe take for granted, at least I did, then I think it's a really valuable place to start. It's amazing when you see movies and you say the, like the end credit scenes and you just have so many names, like hundreds and hundreds. You never realize how many people are working to create just that one and a half hour piece of art. I remember one person being like, they wanted me to sit through all the credits and credits are just too long now. Like I remember <laughs> would rap and it was like, that was a, you know, a Paramount production. And then it would give you the <laughs> name and then it would wrap up. And I'm like, frankly, what you're looking at is jobs. Tons and tons of people who were employed. Yeah, and I think you perfectly captured kind of what I'm, I'm trying to get at with some of these interviews for this podcast is just seeing who is like out there doing these jobs. Because when I was younger, there are so many jobs, including my own right now, 
that I didn't know existed. And, you know, when it comes to the entertainment industry, maybe, you know, like a singer or, you know, a director or actors, but everything else that goes into that whole world, you know, you don't know exists, but there are definitely people with full lives and careers who are behind that work. I'm excited to hear more about the visual effects world because that's a part of the entertainment industry I never touched whenever I was doing entertainment internships and all that. So I'd love to hear what exactly a visual effects coordinator does, what your day-to-day is. Say that like visual effects coordinator might be a little bit of a slap in the face to some of the other people who work there. I'm, I'm younger than the youngest person by 10 years. I would describe myself more as a production assistant. I'm pretty much there to do whatever is necessary that day, which makes my job extremely interesting. For example, just going and like getting your boss's car that was one of my mornings like I just had to go and bring his car to the car repair shop and then other days it's kind of like there's a workshop and you go to the back and you're trying to build models I remember one of my first days we had to shoot an avalanche it was a sequence where a car gets hit by an avalanche I'm running around getting Epsom salt and powdered sugar what's the salt and sugar for salt and sugar was for the snow and so building a ramp like a white ramp and so I built the car and they're painting over it. So they're like, okay, the car is done. And then they had me paint, assemble another car. So I had to do it twice. And luckily I got better at it um, the second time. But basically when I was done with that, I had to go and get Epsom saw and, and sugar and throw it into a mixture to make it look like the snow in the shot. Oh, wow. It's neat. Now you know how to make fake snow. Like that's exactly. a really cool skill to have. Exactly. I can put that on my resume. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a production assistant role, you know, your your position that you have now is, you know, changing every single day. And it sounds exciting. I mean, I don't want to speak for you there, but you have a different problem you're trying to solve. And whether it is running to go do errands or having to build some model with very few instructions. Um, and then also just what you get to witness every day on set, seeing all these different effects come to life that hopefully you get to see in the movies one day. That's so neat. It's exactly like that. Like you walk in and it's like, Julian, uh, sit at the front desk for for a bit because we're going to, Julian, like go get some lunch for us. And then it's like, Julian, like, you know, how many dogs are in London? And it's just like a completely different issue that you have to solve. And it's like, oh, wow. Like I, you're just, you're constantly being thrust into weird situations. And I, there's something like, I kind of like about it and it's a little bit anxiety inducing because you just don't know what you're you're showing up to do and it's like you roll up and it's like we're going to San Diego it's like all right like it's like, like I'll text all my friends and I'm not going to be around for a while like goodbye everybody even though my time with it was was short-lived until I get back there when whenever that may be um it really is amazing just the non-bitching like the the just the fact that these guys are just so good and 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 dedicated and professional that you know I'm in my head like you have to go to San Diego like I I I woke up an hour ago like what are you talking about like why why didn't I hear about this to them that's just the job yeah it sounds like the traits that you need to not only excel maybe in this visual effects world but probably the larger entertainment industry is like a huge passion for the work 
and being able to dedicate yourself to it, but also flexibility and being willing to jump into new, new situations and problem solve and go with the flow instead of being like, oh, this has to be done a very certain way within certain boxes. You really have to like think outside of the box there. Yeah. And I think like a big issue, I think with people who go into the film industry and like, it was the same with me and it's that we're conditioned to like movies. It doesn't necessarily mean we're conditioned to like the filmmaking process. I know people who can go on for hours about films, but if they went to Hollywood they, and worked in the industry, they would quit like in a matter of weeks because they're like, this is so boring. It's so slow. It takes forever. You know, setting up lights alone like takes so much time. And, you know, that's the thing is that you do risk losing, you know, or feeling as if you're losing that magic. Films are only sexy when they're complete. And that actually segues nicely into the question I had just about the pros and cons of the job. Well, the pros are just how odd and unique it is. It's so cool to call this a first job because it's so weird. And I love how weird it is. I would rather a job that's like, very taxing, but that I can tell stories about. Like I worked there for three, three and a half weeks, close to four before the close down. And I learned so much and I remember so much. And I remember so many people and I remember so many specific things from that very short window of time. But as far as cons go, I will have to say the hours. You are working six days a week. Sometimes you're working from nine until midnight. And then it's a 45 minute drive for me to get back to my apartment. I texted my supervisor one time. We were out shooting so late. It was like 1.30 by the time I got home. And I just texted my supervisor. I'm like, so what time should I come in tomorrow? He's like, nine o'clock. Like, see you at nine o'clock. And I'm like, great. That means I have to get up at like, whatever, seven and like start getting ready. And it's kind of frustrating to just go on Friday home and it's like, all right, I have Saturday and then I'm back, you know, then it turns Saturday into a Sunday. Like Sundays aren't that you get just the blues, like knowing that you have to go back to work the next day. You don't have that cushion of a day before it. Obviously work-life balance ends up being the biggest con it sounds like. Is that something that is the case for other people at the company or is it really only once you're at that entry level job, it's bad, but as you move up, it gets better. Oh no, it doesn't get better. Oh, no. My boss, the, the guy who hired me, the guy who owns the company, he's the one who says, let's do it again, let's do it again. He loves doing this. It's his passion. You're seeing someone who is like really in love with the work they're doing. I, but as far, yeah, no, nobody, nobody at that company has a life. You know, it's not just me. It's just me whining because... I, I feel like, oh, well, I'm in my 20s. Like, <laughs> So looking at the wider entertainment industry, because I feel like your company that you work for now is pretty reflective of that you know, bigger Hollywood scene. Do most people enter as some type of production assistant or are there ever people who are hired you know, at a producer level or your boss's level or some other level? It's like almost everybody, I would say, starts out at the bottom tier. You think it's small when you're doing it because... You're like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I, I have a degree. I went to college, damn it. Like, I shouldn't be getting bagels. Like, and it's like, 
what who do you think you are you're nobody you know I think it is good to to have that system in place it's like an apprenticeship almost and you have to prove yourself you have to show that you are a problem solver and flexible and you embrace the change and you're passionate all those things we were talking about earlier you need a way to prove it because that's not always shown on your resume and humbling like you said so that hopefully you approach things in the future with empathy yeah. and humility mm-hmm. absolutely but yeah, I'd love to transition into some like quick fire logistic questions, kind of the nitty gritty details. And one of which is how did you find the job? How did you land the job? But my mom works for a clothing company and she's always trying to help me out. You know, she's like, can you get my son a job? And they're like, I don't, I don't live anywhere close to Los Angeles. <laughs> so Typical one, mother. <laughs> she was working at a hotel. They had a set up in a hotel and this lady came in and they got talking and eventually she said something along the lines of my son is trying to break into the film industry. And she said, that's so funny. My husband runs a visual effects company in South Pasadena and he's looking for PAs. So I got an email from my mom. She's like, send your resume into this email right now. And I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Like, why not? (laughs) And so about an hour later, you know, I got a response back from, from my boss, from who would be my boss. And then I was on a, on a shoot for a show called Good Trouble the next day, you know, working with lights and, you know, and actors and everything. And it was just so surreal, but that is kind of what it's like. You're unemployed for so long. And then it's just, it's just one day that it just all comes together. And it was just because my mom is looking out for me and that she's, she's really good at talking to people. Moms have certain magic to them, something about them. (laughs) When it comes to kind of the financial side of it, what does that look like? Are you salaried hourly rate? Is there overtime? There's an hourly rate, but it's a lot of overtime. So normally you'd be looking at, you know, a certain dollar figure a week and then you're paid weekly actually. And um, that number is just so insanely bumped up. You're working from like nine to 10 or nine to 11 every day for six days a week. It's a trade-off because it is your time. But from a financial standpoint, I would say that I'm making way more than my hourly rate would suggest I make just because of the consistency of the overtime. And that actually touches on my next question, which you also sort of alluded to earlier, which is hours. So how many hours per week would you say your job is? Say on average, it's about 13 a day, six days a week. 80 is the most I ever worked in a week. And that was... Oh, wow. So that's like twice the normal like 40 hour work week. That's incredible. But that, like you said, that racks up that money. Yeah. So you have to look at it a trade-off. Like, would you rather have another three to $400 in your bank account every week? Or would you rather be able to sleep in on a Sunday? And then last logistic question is for those who are interested in entering this type of role or this type of industry, what are things that might be helpful for them? Or are there any very specific requirements? As long as you're just willing to put in the work and you're being sincere when you're telling the person that you'll be there for them and you will do whatever. I think that's the best thing. Being a person who will show up for you and stay there until 10, 11, 12, three in the morning, whatever is absolutely priceless. That's great advice. And you've given a lot of really great advice throughout this whole interview. Is there any 
final piece or like one really big piece of advice that you want to get across to anyone listening? I just want to say like, and this is in whatever field, don't always take the very first position or offer you're given just because you've gotten an offer. It's very tempting because you're broke and you're a little lost. And it actually also is validation that you really haven't gotten since college. It's like somebody wants me for something. Oh my God. You have to do a self check when you're in situations like that. And you're like, is this something that's actually going to make me happy while also moving me towards goals? And if the answer is no to both of those, absolutely don't take it. What you have to wrestle with is, will it make me happy? It's not really going towards my goals. Yeah, well, you know, you can weigh your options then, but you have to make sure that you're not making just a financial decision, um, which is difficult because sometimes you don't really have a lot of options or you're, you're, you're struggling, you don't have a lot of money in your pocket. But my best advice is if you can hold out, something better will come. About a week into my time in LA, I turned down a job at a talent agency. And I had turned it down because I had asked two of my pretty close friends, hey, I have this offer, should I take it? And they went, absolutely not, do not take it. It sounds really tempting because you just got here and you, have your, you seem like you just already have a job and you're on fire. Don't take this, you will be miserable. You know, my parents weren't happy with me turning down the job at the talent agency. I had a writer from HBO tell me that it was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made and that I should have taken the job. Didn't really feel good, didn't really sleep that well that night, but you know, I kind of just soldiered on and, and something else fell into place. As far as any other advice, I think it's important to just maintain yourself and whether that's psychologically or you like going to the gym or you like taking care of yourself or you like to cook, keep your hobbies intact. You know, don't forget the things that you like to do. It's anything that you do that makes you happy. You have to make sure that you continue doing it or you'll get pretty lost. I really love that. And it sounds like both pieces of advice, it really comes down to being authentic and staying true to what your goals are, who you are inside and your interests. That's really great. Well, that was amazing advice, Julian, and amazing interview question. Oh my God, I just compliment myself. <laughs> Beautiful interview. Very nice voice. Oh my God, I meant great interview answers questions were good they were all right but really the answers are what we're here for i'm just gonna keep that in there yeah no it's, it's a nice little it's a, it's a little moment thank you so much julian for being here today and chatting with me it was so fun to hear more about your role and experiences of course thank you so much for having me and that's a wrap thanks so much for listening and i hope you enjoyed this episode for more information on the guest and what was discussed check out the information in the podcast description box And to hear more, feel free to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating so others can find demystifying careers too. Thanks again and see you next time.